Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? Wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network Ones to Watch show. I'm your host, Sean, and this episode is with William Crawler, 1-0 professional, brother of Anthony Million Dollar Crawler. And I'm really happy to have had William on the show because he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders, whether he admits it or not, or whether he believes it or not. He has, because of his brother and his achievements in the sport. So it was really good to get over to Anthony Crawler's gym and reminisce with Anthony, but also to sit down with his brother and to be able to talk about his professional career, his plans, what his journey has been through the sport, and just getting to know William and what his future may potentially hold. So without further ado, this is the next instalment of the Ones to Watch podcast with William Crawler. William, thank you for coming on the Ones to Watch show. It's a pleasure to have you on, and it does feel a little strange knowing that I know Anthony quite well and this is kind of your time to shine now by you coming on the show and talking about what your journey's been into this sport and I don't think a lot of people really know what your journey's been into this sport barring the interviews you've done previously I don't think people really know do they so this is a really good opportunity for you to sort of express that and tell everybody what the story is so we all know you, brother, Anthony Million Dollar Crawler, but what, what's your story? What was your journey into this sport? Well, like you say, it's a pleasure being on him as well. Like anyone, like Julian, my four people, the brothers went football, they go football with him, and my brother went boxing, so that's what I did. I went I went to the gym with it. And to become a role model, don't is it good age yet between me and Anthony? I think there's, said that, 11 years. So when I was that eight, nine, 10 age, he was at the high end teams, do you know what I mean? So as a young man, so I'd want to do what he was doing and doing that. 
I, I remember I was talking to the gym and Dear Fox on there. Is it in Ancourt Centre? It might have been just moved to the Neath. I think it moved to the Neath. I mean, I remember just going with him and then and she just kept going with him and then she become obsessed, obsessed. And then I had my first bout at um, 11. Um, first first bout at 11. And yes, yeah, instead I was, I was just hooked all the way through school and um, everything. And then um, ended up having 40 fights. I done well. Got, I got far in most, in all the um, school boys and things, but I've never got in the book. So. It just disheartened me in the end, and then I stopped training hard because I used to. I was, I was quite well. I feel like I'm talented. I'm a talented boxer. I used to stop training hard, and I'd beat these good kids just not doing that. When it caught up with me when I got a bit older, so I just I sacked off for a bit, and it's, that's the worst thing. Worst thing I did. Um, and then, like you said, had years away from the sport. I had best part of. I was never out of the gym, but at one point I went. 15 and a half stones, you know what I mean? I'm fighting at 10 stone seven, next fight is a, <laughs> it's a big difference. Why, five why was that? Why, why did you sort of walk away from it? What was it that sort of turned you away at that point? Like with anything in amateur boxing, decisions, and I was at this mad thing of um, boxing boxing for England, and that's the thing that's all I was ever asked about, and then just getting no luck. I was getting no luck. I was getting beat eight, seven in national finals, uh, national semis, uh, three, four times, and I I just thought, ah, it's just not for me, this. It's just, I'm just getting no luck, and, uh, yeah, I just stopped. You had an accomplished amateur career, though, haven't you? Like, you've had, like, you said to me, 40 fights. So that's quite a lot, because some people don't even transition to professional with, with more than, like, sometimes 10, 15. Yeah. So you, you've got a lot of experience. Uh, why was it the natural thing for you to do, then, to, to turn pro? Uh, yeah, no, it was, but I've always felt I've always had a good, a better pro style. But like you say, when I first come back to boxing, I had no int I say that, but even when I was working on a building site and stuff like that, I was like, when I was that weight, fifteen stone, I still had the vision in me head that I'll fight pro. I thought yeah, it'll come one day. And it sounds mad like that. I just knew there was something else in me when I was waking up for work and that. And then I come back just to shift some weight then like you know when you're hitting the pads I started getting sharp on the pads again then and then Anthony's like do you want to move around and I was like I'll spar with someone yeah and then I started sparring again and then just the bug hit me straight away again it's just like all them years that I missed it just come rushing back and I think I needed time away from boxing them years as well so I grew up in other places as well stuff I needed I, w I needed to do and, uh, and yeah it did it, it, it me good so I thought, I suppose the elephant in the room with this conversation is with Anthony being your brother, with Anthony being as successful as he became in the sport, naturally people are going to look to you and, and already sort of maybe tie you with that brush and think, well, is he going to achieve anything? Is he going to achieve half of what Anthony did? Is he going to exceed what Anthony did? So you growing up watching him get to the heights that he eventually got to in his career, what what was that like for you as a brother and as someone that was also involved in the sport? Being part of Vance's career is one of the best things I could, I could ever imagine. Like, they're probably the best nights of my life just for that. But the pressure that it brings with, I had it as a kid, 12, 13, 14, and like people like that did, did stay behind and watch because I was Anthony's brother and I was supposed to be good. And But it's, um, it's pressure I always liked and... Even in my debut, like, I didn't feel one 
tiny ounce bit of pressure from anyone else. The only pressure I'd feel is from myself, just because I've set very high standards and I'm very competitive and that's the only pressure I'd ever feel. But back to being part of Anson's journey, it's it's priceless in, in boxing, do you know what I mean? Like I've it's you can't do something to oh, like experience something like that like not not don't phase me like i say the mm -hmm. debut at the arena the first the second fight in seven years i won't one bit phased by that because i've been to the the biggest nights i've seen there with with anthony like i know it won't be fighting but i've seen that i'm not the crowds nothing new to me or the cameras surrounding something there's nothing new to me like i felt at home there yeah and i do feel at home there and um i think it's it'll help me massively help me massively i was gonna say do you think that's kind of prepared you for what's gonna come throughout your career and it's good to kind of hear that you feel like there's no pressure on you you don't feel the pressure anyway because i know it's usually outside influences that kind of put that pressure on you you know it's it's people within the media it's other outlets that will sit there and say oh how good is is will gonna be is he gonna be as good as him as i said before is he gonna exceed him so straight away you're automatically put into that bracket of are you going to exceed what Anthony did? So the pressure's kind of put there from other people, but it's good to hear that not necessarily yourself. So for you, having that experience, being around the big nights of Anthony's career, do you feel like it's just going to be a straightforward transition for you when you get to them heights? Because I know that you've you've had your debut at the arena, you've got your next fight on the Jack Catterall and Jorge Linares undercard, yeah. so you've got another good opportunity to to be under those bright lights and having that experiences on a, on a, on a bigger build. So it, it, does that, does that phase you in any way whatsoever? Um, nah, not, not in the slightest, like I thrive off it. Like I'm very lucky. And that's another thing where I get with the second name, I get opportunities like that, but not just off that though, cause I do well with tickets, <laughs> but, um, and I can't find them people enough, but, nights like that I feel like I was that that is me like I feel like them big shows I've always thought I was going to get on them I've said it in an interview before I thought I'd be off my own back mm. through what I've done in the amateurs but that path didn't lead that way and so I got on it another way but everything's worked out right and yeah I feel I'll always belong on them and I'll always be on them it's going to be an experience for you to to go down this journey because like you said you've tried to do it the traditional way you've tried to do it without having to have any influence from your brother's career and for one reason or another it doesn't always work out for for fighters to do that and then you've gone out of boxing for a t period of time you've come back to it and now it's kind of like actually full steam ahead Anthony's got his gym where we're sat recording this now and he's got you know his professional fighters that he's training alongside you and and it feels like it's all starting to come together a little bit more now yeah of course of course it's like not like that is if I somehow let professional boxing slip away from my hands, if when my older brother's like say he's got his own gym, it's a professional coach, the gym's ten minutes away from my house. If I could ever let professional boxing slip away from me <laughs> with an opportunity like that, like yeah. it's at it's at my feet, you know what I mean? Then I just feel like everything it's just it happens for a reason and um and yeah, I've took it and and I plan on taking it uh, taking it far. So going back to your transition to professional and after being out of the ring as an amateur for so long, what was that transition like and what was the experience like in that first fight? Because I know it wasn't 
it wasn't essentially the dream debut that most fighters would like to have on their first professional fight, was it? No, but do you know what? He had one the year before. He had one amateur back. It's like I had to prove to Anderson I was being serious because I don't. I'd sit, like they'll say it how many. Like, you could ask him how many comebacks do they have? I had about thirty-six. I'm not even lying. I'd get fit and I'd just go and disappear again. I'd just go partying again and I, I come back and I had to prove I was like that I wanted it. Like so, I'd not boxed then in seven years. So my first fight in seven years. Uh, is again it's the night about her amateur who's just done well in the ABAs a good kid I speak to him now still we're friends with him now and uh, I got beat uh, I got beat not on the facts of it was better than me because he won I said to him I went I just it was just the pace of the fight like he burst my lungs because I've, I've not boxed for seven years Yeah. but I said to him when I learned enough there like I went like I'm serious like I won't I, I, I want it like I'm over it like I'm not I'm not messing about um, and he must have shown from that and it did so then like you say no it wasn't the ideal debut I thought it was going well until um, <laughs> I slipped in the third and Steve Craig gave it a knockdown well Steve's a good ref he was very close and if that didn't happen I believe I would have got him out of there that first thing and it would have been a dream debut he got a big rest then and I thought um, he'd done well to see the, the final bell in the fourth as I was putting the, uh, I was stepping on the gas buttons in a weird way I look back at it as a blessing like I've been, well, in hindsight, I took account, I know what it's like, like, hopefully I don't have to take another one, but if it does, I won't be, there'll be no panic stations, mm -hmm. there'll, be, there'll be none of that. Um, so in hindsight, it's a bit of a blessing as well. Yeah, to have that adversity straight away in your yeah. career is, you know, there's no point of having 10, 15 fights and not having any level of adversity because you eventually, you're in a dangerous sport, eventually you're going to come across it at some point or another, so to have it early on is probably better so that you can think, right, you know what, okay, of I know what I need to do to change now, I know what I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen or, or get me in that situation anywhere near that again. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's, it's all about learning and I've said it in many interviews and I'll keep saying it as well. I don't want, another thing is I don't, I don't always want to fight duck eggs. I want, I want good learning fights and I want people who want to come and try and beat me for the second name that I invite them to because that's when you'll see the best of me and... And I honestly believe that. So do you think that going through your career, the best thing for you would be to continuously step up? Because I know some fighters will automatically be given five, ten fights and they'll, they'll, they'll face UK journeymen, Eastern European journeymen, and they will get a level of, of progression. But it's not always the progression that essentially they need. So what you're saying here is that, look, do you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll take them fights if Anthony I'm sure if he, if he feels you're ready for that step up he's going to say do you know what take that step up now yeah, what, yeah. what's the point of waiting around I'd never shy away from fighting anyone but like you say will they have to fight a few more journeymen properly just, just for the craft but I will never ever shy away from a step up and I believe that's when you'll see the best in me like whether someone's coming at me to win as well because I'll land and I believe I'm very heavy handed and and like you'll know with any any combat sport, you land when the other person's throwing, not just there to survive. You're not just trying to open a nutshell. Do you know what I mean? If the if the shell's already open and they're throwing back, that's when you both land, and uh, I believe that's when you'll see the best best of me. Yeah. So you got your fight on the 21st of October. It's your second professional fight. We're going in there on that undercard that I mentioned earlier, and it's a it's an, another nice night for you to be on. And it must feel a little bit weird as well because obviously Jorge is fighting Jack Catterall on the same card, and yeah. and you know it must be uh, in 
I mean, it must be nostalgic a little bit. Like, I, I mean, it feels like for me, and I'm not in your circle, I, I look at it from the outside and think, I can't believe Anthony's brother, he's fighting on the same card and Jorge Linares is, is still there and he's, he's battling away and he's fighting Jack and it, it just feels kind of weird and there'll be some sort of like reunion, won't there, between Anthony oh, yeah. and Jorge and then you're obviously around as well. Of course, uh, I've got a picture on my phone, um, I'll have to get it up, but yeah, it is, it is weird as last time I seen him, left his heart broke he just took Anthony's world title and then defended it against him but he's a great fighter He's a, and he's, he's one of the best fighters I've ever watched live unfortunately live was against Anthony the second time I thought his, his performance that night was brilliant um, but yeah it would be, be quite weird I imagine it will be the weirdest for Anthony or well Jorge might not tap into it too much but yeah. I imagine it'd be the weirdest for, for Anthony yeah definitely it will be because he's you know he's training his brother who's fighting on the same card as one of his former opponents the guy that took his world title essentially and now you know I know Anthony's a very humble guy and he you know he wouldn't he, he wouldn't really say anything bad about absolutely anybody and it's it's really good that you know you've got on that card and you've got that opportunity to fight what what is the plan for you in your mind going forward over these next 12 months because I know you've already said like look I won't shy away from a challenge but I know I might have to face a few journeymen along the way What where do you want to be like, this time next year? Um, this time next year I'd like to like you say I said at the start of this I wanted to try and get four or five fights in this year but um, with me coming back at that weight and I was losing so much weight over the years I just had a bit of wear and tear on on my hands and I said, after that last fight I had to rest them like they was, they was done in I'd no, there was no injury or anything like that yeah. it was just I had a tiny little break stay in the gym but just not punching and um, I'm hoping for a busy end of, end, end of this year and by the end of next year I'm hoping I'd love to be 10 and 0 I'd love to be 10 and 0 I've done, I've done my apprenticeship pretty much on the four the six rounders done some eights and then pushing on to my 10 rounders is what I'm hoping and whatever comes to them comes with them but I certainly won't shy away from a step up in the eight rounders, in the eight rounders and six rounders. Definitely not. No, it's, it's going to be an interesting journey for you. And, and as I've said it a few times, I think the pressure from the outside will always be there because of your surname. But this is your journey. This is about forging your own path and showing the world that you know there isn't just one fighting crawler. Because I know obviously your dad was an absolutely fantastic fighter as yeah, well. And my dad could fight. I don't think a lot of people know that. And I think that that's something that, you know, I like to always bring up. I don't think people know how good your dad was. And then obviously it's passed down to Anthony and then it's now sort of, you're inheriting that, that title as well. So I know there's there's probably a little bit of pressure there and a little bit of nerves. You might not want yeah. to tell me that, but but I must, I must say you've got the best two people around to be able to tap into, to get that experience from. And for someone that's been around the sport for so long to be able to, know which way to guide you because I know that's that's something that a lot of professionals don't always have is they don't have someone to put a hand over the shoulder and say yeah, you know yeah. what this is where you want to go so was it a natural choice for you just to go do you know what I'm going to stick with my brother because he's been for everything thick and thin there's nowhere else I'd want to be was there, was there any debate about where you were going to go uh, nah, not I've only ever been trained by Anthony, and just tapping back into why I might have walked away from boxing, Anthony's career started picking up, so he couldn't get in the amateur gym as much, and it was busy, and I've only ever really had him coach me, so 
to go I felt like I was doing my own thing I just fell out in love with the sport but and then like you said then and this has happened to win two English titles a British title international titles a world title boxed in unifications he's, he's been there he's, he's done everything that any any fighter would want to do turning professional he's, he's experienced it he knows what it takes and not like that he's probably the best role model in boxing I could have picked like yeah, he's the hardest trainer I've, I've ever seen. Like a lot of people say about him, he's not, and he won't mind me saying it. Anthony won the most talented fighter ever, but he made up with it in other areas yeah. where people lacked in it. He's one he's the hardest, one of the hardest works I've ever seen. Tenacious, great, one of the toughest men you'll ever meet. Like one of the toughest men you can ever meet, and his work rate was just—he was second to none, and that's something that I didn't have when I was a teenager, and I believe that me realising I didn't have boxing and was just working a normal job, it clicked in my head that I do need that. Yeah. I come now, you can ask, I train, I do anything he asks, like I train hard, I live the life life now and uh, it's it's just how it's got to be. That's just how it is with uh, boxing. If, if you lack for stuff in certain areas, your hard work always has to be there, hard work and weight's a massive thing as well. Yeah, of course it is. It's, it's difficult. So, what what have you settled on a way that you're actually going to be campaigning at now? So I boxed my last at eleven four away. Then I finished training today. It was eleven six. I'm going down for one this this fight. I'm going down to well away to see how I feel. Just see how I feel because I can in these four rounders. I'm able to do so. Um, I'm able to see see how I feel until it works. But I think uh, well away is going to what I'm going to campaign at. Yeah. It's a very competitive division, isn't it? Yeah, oh, of course it is. Yeah, like <laughs> state super well. No, yeah, of course it is. But just I feel me to have the biggest advantage in me making that well elite uh, the weight. Yeah. So you test the waters, see how you make the weight, see how you get on, then decide from there whether that's because I mean he's half he's half a stone, isn't it? Between super welterweight and welterweight, yeah. so you've got the opportunity to if if it you know you don't feel hundred percent. You move up, you go back, you try yeah. one five four, and you go. Do you know I what? Build, I was building, to, uh, building to that. I hit hard enough for it. But yeah, it's just just testing the waters while we can. Yeah, that's this is the best time to do it because you get your, your your learning, as they say, your learning yeah. fights now, and you get the opportunity to do it. And if you do well down at, at, at welter and you're not struggling too much to make the weight, then naturally this is one of the most competitive divisions in the UK. And this is probably where you'll get the the, the most opportunities at this yeah, time because yeah, it's it, it's it's really booming at the moment. You've seen some of the fights recently in the, the UK welterweight division, and you know it's 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 crying out for more people because people are moving around, people are shifting up in weights, and people are moving on. And, and then you've got some really big fights potentially on the horizon over the next few years. Um, but in the immediate now, here and now for you, it's about getting as many fights in as you can in this next 12, 18 month period of time. <laughs> Given what you've seen over your life with your brother and seeing where he's got to, and, and like you mentioned earlier, you made a really good point, and I've always said this about your brother, I've always said Anthony was never the most talented fighter, but he was the one that had the most heart and determination and tenacity, and he made up for it in those areas, and some will sit there and say he overachieved in his career, and they're probably, oh, yeah. they're probably right, but... You've got somebody behind you there where you can say, look, this is what he, this is where he got to. A few years ago, he didn't, well, not a lot of people felt he was going to get to that level. Yep. So for you, in your career, is there a minimum benchmark of where you feel you want to be at? You know, like, if you if you was to go 
what I'm, where we're going to be in five years' time from now, what would be the minimum benchmark you want to have achieved by then? Yeah, I've said in your I say a few interviews before this, when I retire, I just want to have a fight where I'm, I've topped a bill and I'm in a 50-50 fight. That's all I want. That's all I can ask. But I'd love to win the British title. I'd love to win the British title. I think it's the best, the best belt. And I'd love to win it outright. Um, it's my dad's favourite belt. Um, Anthony didn't win it outright, um, which is something uh, I think he, he, he wish he did. And uh, I know my dad wish he f um, always wanted him to do that. But uh, even when he lost against uh, Linares the second time, and I'm sure my dad was asking about the British <laughs> title then, but I was like, Dad, it's just not, it's not going to drop down to that, is it? It's, it's just now it is. But no, yeah, if, um, I'd love to fight for the British title. Yeah, that's this is probably the best belt in the world. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. This is the best belt in the world. So British title's like the benchmark for you. Like that's where you want to go to. But then anything beyond that is just No, yeah, of course I can sit here and say like I know all the dreams be a world champion, yeah. but I'm a realist, you know, John, it's not very often you get these world champions and it's like you say, how many have we got in England at the minute? I thought he's like everyone just gives this this high thing of that's what they want, that's what they want. And I think they forget about the British title and stuff like that. I think, yeah. I think it's a bit disrespected, the British title. I think it's one of the best belts in the sport and um, I'd, lo I'd love to win that. Yeah, no, that, that, that that's a realistic goal though, isn't it? Like, to not put that much pressure on yourself was to say, do you know what? I'll go for, I'll go for the area, and then I'll go maybe for English, then yeah, I maybe go I'd, for British. I'd, I'd never... I'd love to fight for them belts. I'd love to fight for the English titles, win the English title and fight for the British title. And then I'll assess from there if I get to there. Um, but yeah, like you say, like anyone, everyone's got the same goal in boxing and um, it's two titles. So what, for the benefit of people that don't know sort of what the setup is for you at the moment, like who 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 are you signed with? Who Who's promoting you? Who's managing you? We obviously know Anthony's training you, but what is the setup for you at the moment? Um, I'm training and managed by Anthony. And uh, at the um, fighting on, I've debuted a match and fighting there next, and just off a trust basis, like Anthony did, it's just off a trust basis of I'll fight on their shows, and obviously I do well with tickets, so it makes it makes sense. Um, I'm not just on their show because I'm Anthony's little brother, because well, that's that's the stigma that's around that though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But believe I, 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 that just don't generate. Great money, I like ticket sales does, yeah. and I sell them tickets myself, and that's why I'm on them shows. Um, and obviously, the second name is a massive help with that. But uh, no, yes, yeah, so the second one's uh, on the match of the match banner as well. So um, yeah. So is there a potential then, if you continue to to impress, perform, that they may actually put something more longer term in place for you? Yeah, of course, 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 there is. But um, I'll even eye up small all shows. I don't like. I don't feel like you say how can I put it you have to be busy at this point in my career yeah. you have to be busy and there's only so many shows these big promoters can put you on on there they're not going to go on every single show yeah, and course like not. where so I'll hop onto a small hall one where I've got maybe a, a fight on Matrium in October is it I'm fighting yeah, yeah. In, a, in five weeks if they're not back till Feb I'll hop on a small hall or shoot, show or two or I'll just fight in a hot small hall, then they back up, and then I'll fight another one. Not just wait, like sit out that time, just waiting for them shows. Because I'd never turn my nose up at a small hall show. I'd happily fight on them and learn on them. It's, it's all the same. No, it is. It is when, and especially when you're in the position where you have got to sell tickets and you have got to make a certain quota, and you—that's the way this, the, the UK 
boxing scene works like people that listen to this show there's a lot of americans that are absolutely baffled by the fact that this is how the uk boxing scene <laughs> works that honestly the amount of yeah, you know, yeah. american people that i spoke to me like what did the fighters have to sell tickets i was like yeah they have to sell yeah, tickets of course because it has to be funded by the big broadcasters because well america's massive and it? it's like yeah. one of their states is the size of the uk isn't it? exactly yeah. i wish it was like that for him <laughs> no yeah yeah so it, the ins and outs. So what? So what's what's the support been like? Naturally, you were you were always going to get it because you're Anthony Roller's brother. But yeah, you've got your own set of friends. You've got your own people that have been following you. You, you. People that have seen your own journey in the amateurs, and then you're coming back to boxing. What has the reception been like from people around you? Oh, it's been brilliant. I can't find comes enough. I done a great amount of them for my uh, debut, and I'll, I'm doing the same. In October, I can't find my friends and family enough who, who pay for them tickets, but it's been good. It's it's been good. It's it's just felt like a, a long time coming for me and like a lifetime of waiting, especially for my like say the debut, like you say at the arena. When I said I didn't feel any <laughs> any nerves, I I did, but like I enjoy it and I, I enjoy having. How can I put it? Um, expectations on me from my friends or my family. Like, no, like if I get beat, they can't go watch me anymore. Or the nights that I like, I used to joke about my mates and say like, I'll have boxing nights back. And then I have now, so like, it's a little bit of a bit of pressure. It's just stupid pressure yeah, like that. But like, yeah, just just stuff like that. Do you feel like you've got something to prove? Is 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 this is there like this sort of stigma for you? Like. Uh, I know I've got something to prove, but is it something that you prove to yourself and not because other people yeah. tell you you've got to prove yeah, it to yourself? That, I feel I've got something to prove to, to myself and, and to Anthony, the work he puts in with me. Like, I don't ever want to be a wasted a wasted talent. I'm not going to be. But I've all, if I couldn't, I couldn't have sat there in the pub when I was 30 of a pint watching the boxing, which I, which I will do because I love boxing. I watch it all the time, but... Uh, I couldn't have sat there and thought, oh, I should have given that a goal. Like, I had to somehow find my way back into professional boxing, or, well, professional boxing, boxing as a whole, but professional especially. I had to find my way there just so I could have a crack at it. And, uh, yeah, I've got, I feel like I've got something to prove to myself to do something, definitely. Yeah, well, you've certainly got the opportunity to do so, and it's going to be really good watching your journey. And one of the biggest things about this sport and, and people at your level who are just really starting out is is actually getting that support from people around you, but then also getting that support to actually finance it. That's one of the biggest issues is, is paying for your medicals and paying for all the equipment you need, the clothes, the, the trainers, everything you, you have to get. Yeah, It always comes from getting the sponsorships on board as well. So have you got those in place? Is there certain companies, certain people that are actually helping you? Yeah, yeah, I've got sponsors um, and I can't thank them enough. Um, a&M installations, uh, GB recruitment, Mawson, the allowed to be a, a full-time athlete. And that's something, so the start of last year, I quit a full-time job. I saved money up so I could do this because there's another way of doing it. I, I was scaffolding. I, mean, I couldn't go and do a full day's graft and come in here and put a full session in and feel like I was getting the most out of that session. So I made the... Um, I made I made the choice to, to quit my job and I threw all my eggs in, into this basket. Like, do you perform a debut? Um, I went all house skin. I, uh, I, 
as Phil Mitchell had, I had nothing, I had nothing, I had nothing left. I was, I was skinned, but it was just all worth it. Like, like now, like I'm, I'm living the dream I've always thought I was gonna live. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's good. So, in terms of like the people that are sponsoring you, you've given them a great shout out, which is really good. And, and those that do want to get in touch with you, like if there's anybody that listens and thinks, you know what, I want to support uh, another crawler on this journey yeah. through throughout boxing. What's the best thing for them to do? How can they get in touch with you? Just hit me up on my social media. I'm always on my phone. <laughs> I'm always on my phone, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. I'm always on my phone. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up on them. Well, you know what, Will? It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed having you on the show. And thank you so much for coming on. And, and best of luck for the future. Maybe one day we'll come back to this and see where the journey is then. Yeah, I'm open. So, yeah, that'll be one of the good ones to watch is. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was William Crawler. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to his journey. And maybe you've got to know a little bit more about who he really is. And, you know, it's not just all about the fact that his brother is Anthony. He's actually got his own journey himself. And we don't know where this journey is going to go. But as fans, we're all going to sit back and watch with intrigue and to see whether or not he will be able to move on and win titles. It'll be really interesting to see how his career does play out. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, please do let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter or at once to watch pod on Twitter. If you want to follow us on all the other social platforms, you can do so by typing in BTR Boxing Podcast Network. And we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram and we are on TikTok. And of course, if you are watching on youtube please make sure you leave a comment below in the box that is it for this episode thank you so much for listening to the ones to watch podcast on btr boxing podcast network Podcast Network.